Hey there, I'm Sasha. I'm a doctor, I'm a mom, and I'm a founder. I believe that women are overwhelmed and exhausted. So I founded a company called Brave Enough. Brave Enough helps thousands of women find clarity, set boundaries, and gain control of their lives. So welcome, sit back, and let's get into the good stuff. In the next several months, we are going to be bringing in some amazing conversations. These are conversations that I recorded with leaders, entrepreneurs, women physicians, lawyers, business leaders, thought leaders, content experts for the summit of 2020. And the conversations were so phenomenal and we received so many amazing feedback. 700 women listened to these conversations and just said, oh my gosh, we want them. We want them more. We want to hear them again. We want to listen again. So much wisdom there that we decided that we would go, we're going to play some of those conversations in the next several months on the Brave Enough show. So If you know a woman in 2020 or 2021, who's like, Hey, I need some encouragement. I need some wisdom. I need some truth bombs. I need some hope. (laughs) Encourage her to listen to the brave enough show. Share that message because here we go with some amazing conversations. I hope you are going to love it. In season three, episode four, we revisit the 2020 Elevate Summit when Sasha interviews pediatrician and public health leader, Dr. Philomena Asante. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. It is my honor to have an amazing guest on today. She is a leader. She is a physician. She is very known um, for not only her advocacy for people that are, have healthcare disparities and closing that gap, but for promoting and amplifying the voices of black women. And it is my honor that I have gotten to know her and I consider her a dear friend. So I'm so honored to introduce and have on the summit today and bring to you Dr. Philomena Asante. She is incredible. And I cannot wait for you guys just to listen to her and get to know her um, and have her inspire us today. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. This is so exciting. And um, I always am inspired by you every day. You know, you're <laughs> woman and such an example of authentic leadership, but thank you for having me. So you and I got to know each other through Julie Silver, who runs um, a group called Proud, uh, promoting and respecting our women doctors. And you and I attended um, a couple retreats together and got to know each other that way. And then we both were on faculty for the Harvard Women's Leadership course. And I started following you on Twitter um, through that. And then I came to just be so inspired because you are one of those voices on Twitter. You run DivaDocs and I would love for you to tell us about that. But you have this incredible ability to both convict and inspire at the same time. (laughs) So you bring truth and sometimes I re- read something and I go, oh my gosh, I do that. I say that, or I've said that, or I've thought that. Um, but I always, I never feel shame. I feel this sense of do better, you can do better. And you invite people to do that. You invite positive change. So I don't know how you do it because there's so few people that do that. You are one of them. But tell us about your work in health disparities. Tell us about really why you're so passionate to start the organization and lead Diva Docs, and tell us about that. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. You know, I um, 
I have uh, always been passionate about um, advocacy and, you know, um, advocating for the underserved. Um, it's just part of who I am. Um, I, re you know, community service, my dad worked for the United Nations and community service and public service was always sort of part of um, how um, I was, um, I grew up. And, you know, as I went through medical school um, and uh, residency and fellowship, you know, th this is a, these are, pro um, are things that we go through and um, some people come out, um, you know, fine, but a lot of us, and uh, I would say some, uh, many um, people of color come back, um, like just a little, like just damaged, I wouldn't say damaged, but we go through things in that process that um, can, are disheartening and eat away at your self-confidence. And, um, and, you know, I've always thought that if I couldn't advocate for myself, um, sometimes even with all the degrees, whatever, sometimes, you know, it depends on the spaces that I'm in, I'm a, um, I, I'm a little hesitant to speak. I've gotten much better in the last five years or so. Um, but I, I've always been like, if I can't um, advocate for how it was when I went through it, I'm going to make damn sure that it is better for somebody else. And particularly, um, you know, my passion is diversifying the healthcare leadership workforce. So oftentimes I, my motivation, what makes me happy, what inspires me is um, really knowing that I'm making a difference for those that are coming up through the pipeline. I'm raising awareness about issues that matter. And I, um, you know, it's one of those things, uh, you know, like I, I, I kind of like to cause good trouble. And so, um, but also it's, it was um, a lonely process really through residency and, um, and, um, and medical school and um, finding people who look like you or even people who you can um, commiserate with or get inspired with, that, that's hard. And as you, you know, you become more and more isolated um, throughout the, um, the edu medical education process. I did fellowship, all of that. So um, I've always looked to how um, can I build community and how can I, you know, um, connect with other women and particularly women of color. Um, so the, the opportunity, so the DivaDocs actually has been around for 25 years. And um, uh, an amazing lady, um, Dr. Betty Kurse, I hope I'm saying her, um, we always call her Betty, but Dr. Betty Kurse, who's like a, you know, she's like, she's got like three degrees and like MD, and master's in genetic, a BA in genetics, MD and a PhD. And she, um, she um, was um, a pediatrician in Boston for a very long time. And when she started her practice um, in, um, in um, out, a pediatric practice right outside of um, uh, in Dorchester or outside of Boston, she, um, you know, really wanted to connect with other Black women. And so she would, you know, um, if she, she and a couple of her friends decided to kind of um, gather once in a while for a meal with um, Black women and with other Black women that they could find. 
And that community grew, but it was very informal. And so um, uh, I was at, uh, so when it came uh, time for her to retire, she wanted to retire and go to Arizona. She um, needed somebody to sort of um, manage um, the group that she had um, created. And, and, and it was more like, you know, you get to, you, you pass announcements along and um, you get together. And I was sort of like, um, you know, still trying to find the best way to connect with, um, with black women and also just with women in general. And um, so um, she, she sort of passed the torch to me. And then I just sat down and I said, wow, we can do so much in this group, you know? And so what we've done over the, 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 the last four, five years that I've been um, leading the Diva Docs is really um, uh, try to make it more than a social organization. It's more, it's an organization that really promotes um, um, sponsorship of, 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 of the women in our group. We mentor each other and we try to sort of lift each other up, but we also try to connect each other to opportunities. Um, and um, so we are uh, an internal resource. Um, we are all doing um, different things. There are 200 plus Diva Docs and they are, you know, they're all in very, um, we have medical students, we have residents, we have people who are in really high positions. Um, no one, some people, you know, don't necessarily have a Diva Doc carrying card, but, um, but, uh, but this, so this group has really evolved um, into be, into one of which um, I think right now, we, um, I could say that, you know, as an organization, we really have a clear mission of uh, educating and sponsoring each other. And so one of the things that we do is have like um, sessions about like um, uh, negotiating your first contract and, you know, financial literacy. And, um, and so we do like sessions like that just among us. And sometimes we have invited guests. Um, and I'm learning a lot from the proud group and from all the wonderful women um, that I'm, 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 uh, I'm meeting in that organization. And I kind of feel like we've got the proud group and we've got the diva docs. And, you know, we operate in different spheres, but, you know, how can we come together and create, um, you know, have that, that networking and that mentorship and that magic happen. And so that's sort of been, um, uh, I always say that I need both groups. I need the diva docs, but I need my proud women as well. Um, but uh, with, um, you know, one of the things that I've, I did, which was really crazy for me to do, and I honestly, if I had known what I was doing, I wouldn't have done, not that I wouldn't have, done it, I, would have I would have thought twice, was that I was in private practice in Marblehead, you know, I had done all this fellowship, and I remember I thought, oh, I'm, an, I'm more of an advocate, and I didn't really have a sponsor um, that would sort of lead me into a research academic career, so I decided to just practice, and um, and I was practicing and it became time to become a partner and sort of do all that. And I was like, well, look, what about all that advocacy that I wanted to do? So there was a job opening at the Boston Public Health Commission as director of child and adolescent health. And I took it like a 50% like salary cut and decided to work because the mission of the, the um, Boston Public Health Commission was to really serve the underserved um, youth of Boston. And I mean, residents of Boston, but my, my role was as division director was to serve the youth. So during that time, 
it's you know the 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 it's a city public health department one of the oldest in the country and ultimately my my boss is the mayor um and so during that time i developed really a, a voice that of 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 advocacy because i was in all these important circles and i really found that when i talked you know i had something to say and people mm -hmm. listened and i had a perspective but i couldn't necessarily share that in a public sphere in that complex organization and it was you know and then um you know i got introduced to twitter and i was like that's great i can <laughs> i can <laughs> i can you know i can have that voice and 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 i think what i i want to be that authentic voice that because i know that there are a lot of well-meaning people that are um you know they do they they want to help they don't know how and mm -hmm want to be supportive and they don't know how and you know so i you know i don't like extremes like oh this person is all bad um and this person is only good and i i really feel like um for us uh, for women of color and particularly black women or um black men um just people of color for us to get um to where we need to go we need allies we need people who are of, of all ethnicities, of all backgrounds. We need everybody helping us out. And if you look at the history of the civil rights movement, it was a movement that involved people from all walks of life and all ethnicities and, uh, and, 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 and religions um, uh, advocating for um, civil rights. Um, and so, you know, sometimes when we get, we're in a moment right now where we're, you know, we're thinking of the Black Lives Movements and sometimes, you know, we, we um, the Black Lives Matter gets confused, um, you know, the messaging gets confused. The, 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 the movement is really about, it's a civil rights issue. We're back to that, you know, that um, advocating for the basic rights of human beings. And we can all have that common ground where, you know, we're advocating for, um, uh, you know, respect and dignity of, of um, every person, regardless of your background. And so that's what the, the Black Lives Movement is about. And, and I, I, I think that there was some, I was just on a, um, I heard somewhere that, you know, if we focus it back on being a, a civil rights issue um, and, and not just like, oh, it's, it's, it's one person or, or the other, um, you know, I think we will get further along. So what I do a lot is just try to educate and try to be positive because I think we all, I, you know, I want to be that person that is like, hell yeah, you can do it, you know, and um, I don't know if I can say hell, but yeah. <laughs> And so I want to be that authentic voice. And that's what I appreciate about, you know, leaders like you and, um, and, um, and Dr. Silver is that, you know, you, you guys are that authentic voice. And I have many other role models that are authentic voice. And I think there are too many people out there pretending they have perfect lives, particularly in medicine. And it is, uh, and everyone, it's a struggle every day. And there are different things. People have different struggles, but it's every day. And um, I think being honest about this is what I did. This is how I got through it. And how can we build community? And how can we make it easier um, for um, those who are um, coming along? Um, and um, I, I have a, on my personal Twitter account, I'll just end with that. Um, my personal Twitter account, I have a little quote, which is, um, I think embodies me. Um, and it, it's, it's really the truth, which is that 
um, she builds others up because she knows what it feels like to be torn down. And mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to ever feel torn down. I want people to be built up because I feel like if they're built up, then it, it, it you know, we, we're moving forward as, as, a, as a group. So. Okay, I have like chills right now because um, everything you said is just so, it's just so meaningful. I'm trying not to cry. Um, I love how I know in your life that you have struggled. Here you are, Harvard educated, masters in public health from Harvard. You are incredibly, incredibly gifted and talented and you have the expertise that a fraction of us have. But I know because of the color of your skin, you have been silenced, you have faced discrimination, bias, all these things. And somehow in your life and in your career, you have decided that you're going to use those experiences to push others forward and to amplify and bring others with you. And the, the, the thing I want to talk about and why this is so like, it just gives me chills and it makes me get emotional is because you, you go beyond tweeting about something or talking about something, you build communities. You are a bridge builder. You don't just build your community of diva docs, but you are a bridge builder. You have reached across that divide and said, Hey, these women over here, primarily white women of privilege, we're going to build a bridge. We're going to come together, which takes enormous courage. It takes enormous energy. It takes empathy. It takes humility. <laughs> it takes all of those things. You are a bridge builder. So it's one thing to to be an advocate. It's another to be a sponsor. It's another to build your own community, but it's another to reach across the divide. And you do that. And I want you to, because I know there's women listening that are like, right now in our country with everything going on, are just feeling like, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go to Amazon. I'm going to order 10 books and read those. But what do I do next? <laughs> like, tell us what is the call to action to be a bridge builder, to reach across and go, I'm going to sponsor someone that looks different than me. I'm going to reach out and befriend someone that is completely different than I am, that who's life experiencing. I'm going to be brave enough to ask someone to, to, if they want to be my friend or they want to come to this, or they want to speak at that. How do we move there? Cause you do that. You are a bridge builder, which is amazing to me. Well, thank you for that. And I appreciate that. You know, I, I have been helped in my life by people of all races. And, and so I know that there are good, well-meaning people of all races. I have also been hurt in my life by people of all races. And so I can't say that, you know, so I, I know that, um, you know, we talk about standing on the shoulders of others. I know that I, I stand on the shoulders of diverse people. 
And, um, I, I, I try to judge people. Um, I don't, I mean, if I'm, I try to sort of look at a person based on sort of how they treat me and, um, and, and how they, and, and not necessarily based on how they look like. That's just sort of how I, I approach things. And so I have been incredibly supported by many white women, by like I, I always tell when I'm talking to the diva docs about, the, especially those who are in residency or medical school about mentors and sponsors. And I always say that, you know, your mentor and your sponsor um, doesn't have to look like you. you. You need to, you know, companies have board of directors, you need a board of director too. I, I know that um, I always, I give them the story of like, some of my staunchest supporters have been white males, you know, and um, and so I so I think that everyone has the potential to really be a support, um, but people just have um, grown up in very insulated circles. Um, one of my big things on Twitter is this whole thing of bystanders becoming upstanders, and mm. is really this idea that we often um, witness. Um, you know, bias and discrimination. And, and, you know, everyone has bias, even, you know, black people, everyone has bias. And, 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 and many times we're silent because we don't know how to intervene. And it's not like we're people, but we don't know how to intervene. So this idea that you can intervene, it doesn't have to be big actions. Like sometimes it requires big actions, but even little actions make a difference. So if you're seeing somebody who somebody said in, something inappropriate to, now let's say you're um, a medical student, um, you don't feel like you have power to say something um, or an intern. If after the event, you go up to the person and say, you know, this wasn't right. Um, um, and I, I, I am really sorry that you had to go through that. That's, that's being an upstander. That's speaking up. It's not necessarily the one that says, you know, this is, I mean, it's great if you're in a position of power that you can advocate in that way, but you can, there are silent ways to be upstanders, to speak up. So bystanders stand by, upstanders stand up. And I think you can speak up in different ways too. You can speak up by reporting an incident to your, your superior or helping to change a rule of law. So I, I really, I think the first step is this understanding that, um, Oftentimes we assume people don't want that our help and ask they don't, they don't want their your help. Um, but if and but most times they want you to say something. They want you to um, do something. And 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 even if that is just giving emotional support, um, that matters. When I talk about microaggressions and um, um, and how it affects people, we all have this like we know it's cumulative. Every single person of color um, or black woman or um, that I know of can remember pretty much like the mo most of the painful incidents where something happened and somebody said nothing. Like you have mm -hmm. your whole entire life. And so it, it's like, it, I, I would say that the first thing is to, you know, if you want to make that bridge to somebody, uh, you know, make an effort to learn about different cultures and just be intentional about involving yourself in different spaces where people may not look like you, but also to, um, to um, uh, not, be, um, not be afraid to intervene, even if it's just to say, I don't know what to say. A perfect example is, you know, um, the whole George Floyd 
um, murder on TV. Um, there were a lot of um, people that, um, white people, I would say, that wanted to say something, um, but didn't feel like it was appropriate. So a lot of people did, but like to their black friends. And mm -hmm. so you don't have to know what to say. You can just call and say, horrible. I don't know what to say, but I'm feeling like this is really horrible. And I want you to know I'm here for you if you need me. You right. know? And so like just that, admitting that you cannot be in that place of somebody else, but, um, and, um, but you can, you want to understand, you want to learn, and you want to be a support. That is just like the most like that's so important at this moment. And so I, I would encourage people that you don't have to have the answers and, uh, and you don't necessarily, I mean, it's great if you can open a door and really sponsor um, um, somebody that is, um, you know, person of color because, um, because we need that. But, you know, the little things matter too. I always say, um, well, my analogy, um, we always say that, um, Diversity is um, being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. Intersectionality, mm -hmm. this idea of um, intersectionality really speaks to who gets asked to dance and how often. So mm -hmm. included in the room, but you don't have the same opportunities, even though you're included um, as somebody who doesn't look like you. And so if we have advocates who support us, and um, I, and so I'm lucky I have advocates on both, like, you know, that are from different um, circles. Um, and, but if you have advocates that support you in those spaces um, that can really um, advocate for you or in a position to do so, that makes such a difference because, you know, you see somebody in a position of power and, and you think, oh, you know, they've made it. And oftentimes they may have, they may be in the room, but they don't have the ability to, um, to really, um, not, they don't have a, they, they have, they have a baby seat at the table, <laughs> not, a, not a big girl seat at the table. And oftentimes we're looking for that big girl seat because we can do the job. Um, and so that's what, um, so I just would want to encourage people to admit when you don't know what to do or say, but you want to know that you're willing to learn and that you're willing to um, um, support them in any way that you can. And this idea that you don't, you know, you try not to see color. The reason why some, um, people of color sometimes, um, a lot of times take offense to that is that, you know, you may not see color, but the world sees color. Right. And so even though you may not want to judge me based on my skin um, color, you have to, you should acknowledge that others do. Right. And right. So, um, the, and, and so that, that, that is something that is just a reality. Um, and so, um, um, but, but I've taken heart. I mean, on Twitter, I've, you know, people have really stepped up and, and, and really um, been willing to learn. And, and so I'd like to think there's good in everyone. Um, and, and so, um, so that's how I approach, um, uh, you know, my perspective on bridging. And my dad, I always, my dad is, um, you know, my, my mom is, uh, you know, my rock too, but my dad, um, you know, he, he always um, had a, a confidence, uh, has a confidence about him and he's always understood who he was mm -hmm. and, and, and always instilled in me that no matter what people say or, or do to you, you should remember who you are. And I, I you know, I, it, you know, it's kind of that, 
quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, nobody can put you down without your permission. So, you know, maybe horrible things might happen to me and, 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 you know, um, and, and I bounce back because I have an, a good idea of my worth and I just have to find people that see my worth. And if you don't see my worth, then, you know, that's your problem. It's not about me. It's about you. And oftentimes when we, um, when I encounter uh, racism or whatever, it's, I, I've come to the understanding that oftentimes it's about that person's insecurity or, um, you know, um, fear. And, um, and, um, and so, um, and so, you know, I, 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 it helps me um, understand that it's about them and not necessarily about me. It doesn't mean it doesn't affect me, but it's about them and, um, and trying to just give people grace because um, uh, we all have, um, we all can learn at all times. I love that. And it's, I, lo I, I really appreciate what you said about, you know, I think we need to stop thinking that we have to have the perfect response like an imperfect response is still to that being an upstander is still better than no response. And, you know, I know myself, like there's been times where I've, I've wanted to say something and then afterwards I'm like, oh, that came out wrong or I didn't mean it like that. But what I have found is that most people are very forgiving uh, and they're very appreciative that you are saying anything at all. They're not going to pick apart every word you said. They're going to teach you if you open it up to conversation. They're more than willing to explain. Um, and they're just appreciative that you even see them. You know, I'll never forget. I have a good friend who I was in medical school with that we've known each other for years. And um, I remember her telling me when we were in residency that she went to a different residency. And I said, How, how's it going? And she said, um, she was the only black woman in her residency out of four years. And she said, everybody sees me, but nobody sees me. Yes. And I said, what do you, I, I, you know, I said, well, what do you mean? I don't understand. And she said, I, I feel like I stick out because I'm the only black woman, but nobody really sees me. Nobody like invites me to do anything. Nobody's talking to me but I feel like everything I do is amplified, like I'm on a pedestal. And that has stuck with me because that, that's not my experience. I don't have that experience. And I've thought about that because I know even as just a woman feeling like I have to do everything right, I'm gonna be judged if I do this or do that and it's not perfect. I, so I've thought about that thinking, oh my gosh, what if I was, you know, the only woman of color doing these things that, that, and, and that experience. And so I think it's really important when we have friends who are, who we are willing to learn from and really listen. Um, most of the time when we're not speaking or we're not doing the right thing, we're not saying, wait a minute, we're looking at this list of candidates and there's no people of color on this list of candidates. We're so afraid of someone misinterpreting or criticizing what we say or upsetting the apple cart, but we, we have that feeling, we have that thought, we know we should speak up. And I think it's so important that we recognize that none of us are perfect. 
it's wrong. The wrong is when you don't try, right? Like, I think right. I love what Brene Brown said about, um, I, we don't have to be right, but we have to get it right. Right. So, so like, exactly. we don't have, you know, we, we don't have to, nobody expects us to speak perfectly and say the right thing and respond yeah. perfectly, but we do have an ethical obligation mm -hmm. for, for civil rights and for the rights of human rights. That's our, that's our ethical obligation as humans to stand up for one another. Mm -hmm. And also just to improve our, you know, communities and organizations. Cause you and I both know that when there's diversity and leadership, all of those things are better. Outcomes yes. are better. The bottom line is better. Yes, Everything's yes. better. So, so I would, I, I would love say it. that. Yeah. And I would add to that is that, um, you know, it's important to speak up and I want to encourage that, but I also want us to also have cultural humility, you know, um, in, in that sense, which is that, um, um, you know, it's almost like if sometimes when you experience bias and racism, you get the response from um, people who are not of color, oh, you're just imagining it. That wasn't racist. It, mm. And if you, but you know, but it's and 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 our feelings. I mean, it's like we've been black all our lives. <laughs> we <laughs> kind of we 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 um you know we've been taught we for survival skills we've been taught to assimilate. You know, and that's why this person who's your friend who's saying people see me, they don't see me, um, been taught to sort of um, assimilate. Um, and but um, but but when I come to you and I said that was an offensive comment, you may not think it was offensive, but I, you know, just being like, um, I understand. I mean, I I I um sort of saying like being affirming my my um my 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 feelings of feeling that way you know you may not have perceived it but um but i i understand you know your your feeling I, you felt it was racist and i i believe you or i understand that it, 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 right. it and i don't have that experience or perspective so it is also coming to these conversations with um with humility and that's how you build that kind of um, pe people will be um, more willing to engage you in conversation if you come at it like I don't have all the answers and I want to learn. Um, then if you come at it like um, you know, you know, with your own lens because everything is a little bit more uh, um, complicated. Um, but try make an effort. And if the first person doesn't give you the response you want. You go. You want. You know. Um, go to the next person. I hear that all the time. You know, I finally offered a person of color or a woman an opportunity and they said no. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's the choice between like, you know, sleeping and not sleeping or, you know, and so there are right. different reasons. But that should not be a reason not to ask another right. woman. Yes. You have opportunities. I've got 200 of them that I can, <laughs> yes, yes. I can help you distribute them yes. too. So, um, so, um, don't be like, you know, you might be somebody who's willing to help out. And then the first, second person you, you, you talk to doesn't give you the response and you're going to be like, I tried, I've done it. But, you know, um, it's just that we've been, sometimes we've been so jaded, you know, people, mm -hmm. 
you know, pretend they want to support us and then they end up not supporting us. And so it's kind of like also believing that you really want to give me an opportunity um, and you really believe that I can do it. And you um, and um, and also just giving each other grace, because sometimes we just, you know, we for whatever reason, um, everyone is human. We might not be able to, to, to right. take that opportunity. Um, and that's what I appreciate um, about um, the proud group. And, and, and um, uh, in addition to DivaDocs is that we give each other grace. Um, and, um, and so, um, so I, I think that's sort of. Uh, well, thank you for coming on. And I want to, I want, I'm asking everybody, what has 2020 taught you personally? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a hard question. <laughs> so 2020 really is a lesson in um, life is too short and you have to really enjoy, take the time to enjoy um, life. You know, you can't, you know, so many people I've met and including myself were like, oh my gosh, if I knew this was coming, I would have gone out more, you know, um, you, know, you know, done this and done that. And, and now we're in a new reality where the things that we took for granted um, we're not able to do. And so it's, it's a lesson in, um, in, you know, in, there are so many reasons to be, if you let yourself to be negative, mm -hmm. um, engage in the positive. Mm -hmm. And also when you need it, take time for yourself because you don't get that time back. And so you need to take a walk or you need to say, I'm going to do this, you know, this rat race that we're in um, all the time. What well, this pandemic has said, um, slow down for yeah. everybody. Yeah, everybody, everybody's up. having to, yeah, yes. yeah, I love that. Yes. Okay. It also taught me that teachers are saints. <laughs> oh, I know, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yes and they all need like major raises for yes, <laughs> teachers are saints, you know? <laughs> okay so where can women because you speak you write you do so many things you're such a connector where can women find you what are like tell us how they can find you on social and and learn all about you so um so really you know uh i mean you can google everyone these days but i'm on diva docs um um, and so that's um, a doc's boss. Um, and then also I have my, uh, my personal Twitter account. But um, right now I'm working um, at, um, in, in, uh, in school health. And so, um, but the other thing, so I think, you know, if people wanna, the easiest way to um, get in touch with me is um, via Twitter. I mean, um, so. Um, awesome through my personal account or through the DivaDocs account. Um, and um, yeah, and I, I just, I'm so grateful for everyone who reaches out and says, I have an opportunity, you know, will your group be interested? Because um, this has really um, been very well appreciated. So I mean, people who say, oh, I don't know if I can, they would be, would be welcome. Let us make the decision about whether, you know, we need something like that. But um, we always appreciate um, people who reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope you all enjoyed our conversation and we will see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.